I had a dream last night where two of my dead friends were like an angel and a devil on each of my shoulders, but they were also both my ear holes. Sweaty time pro wrestling. I gotta bleep out that curse word. Thanks, man. <laughs> I could have said screwing. Yeah, uh, like not. You know, it's yeah. fine. Like five minutes <laughs> in, but we can't just go right out saying like, "Hey, people are shagging my ears," but this is not United Kingdom. No, this is Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, the only podcast in the Marshland Media Empire conglomeration to break down episode by episode, hold for hold, Lucha Underground, season two. Episode 12. Did you hear Disney is discontinuing their ending Animal Kingdom in Disney World and making it Disney's United <laughs> Kingdom? Okay. It's like that little slice of Epcot, but a little randier, a little shagadelic. Oh. It's going to be like okay, Wallace and Gromit. It's going to be Bluey okay. because Bluey is technically United Kingdom because Australia is part of that Kingdom United. I feel like there must have been like a like like how there's the IRA but like for Australia. Why why do you go there? How oh, about give me another British media thing to like shove in there? Oh, because you want to be like, hey, the uh, the IRA is policing the goddamn mm -hmm. United Kingdom Disney. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just the entire British government, like the they were colonialism. <laughs> they just say, hey, it's gonna be not conquistadors, but who are the missionaries of Britain? Also, it's I, I did not have a, too many ulterior motives. It's mostly that I didn't get to sleep a whole lot because I had a weird dream about two of my dead friends having sex with my ears. There you go. Use non-cursory language, okay? What is this, smut TV? What is no. this, the mighty boosh? I'm kidding. You wouldn't know, and I don't think they curse a lot on that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Sean, one half of the hosts of Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, also, you didn't even fully introduce the show when you said the, like, hey, they're shagging my ears. Which friends was it? Steve and Bruce. Valanche? The funniest dude I've ever met in Buffalo, Bruce Valanche. Uh-huh, and he's, he loves those lobes of yours. This is also how Bruce Valanche finds out he died. Uh-huh. Because I know he listens. Bruce Valanche, I know you're listening. I have terrible news. You're Bruce Willis, bud. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Bruce Willis from, from Sixth Sense. I have terrible news. Also, Bruce Valanche is the a ghost. He is one of, I believe, the three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. In, was that Scrooge? Uh, no, in Scrooge and Marley. I believe he was one of them. I don't remember Scrooge and Marley at all. Ooh, someone's not into queer cinema, I see. Oh, no. They found out I don't they don't see all the movies I claim to see. I'm too busy watching wrestling uh -huh. all the goddamn time. The least queer cinema you can get. It's respectfully disagree. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> These people are hetero. They don't, it's not like they're homophobic. They are just hetero. Oh, man. I, I'm trying to remember the last thing I was watching. I hope this show that we're about to discuss. I think, it, no, I yes. Uh, but someone came in and they're just like, is wrestling gay? And I'm just kind of sitting there being like, oh, oh, you don't know. 
It's okay. Oh, you were watching uh, GPW, Gay Pro Wrestling? Is that a real thing? Yeah, we will someday do it. It's by the dude who did Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror, one of Nicole and I's favorite horror <laughs> movies. I am excited to get into that. I don't know. I, I because you told me about Bed and Breakfast. I have not heard about GPW. You have. Um, it's been recorded. I don't believe it. It has. It's been recorded. Probably back in sweaty time. Pro, not sweaty. Shuffling the deck. Show me the P-tapes. Donald Trump, and then maybe I'll believe that I knew about GPW the last time we talked about Insane Clown Posse. Maybe. Well, actually, all you need to see is the P-tapes because it is me pissing on glass suspended above a Donald Trump <laughs> while you're in the corner and I'm saying like, hey, Donald, you ever hear about GPW? <laughs> I just have like an old like 1989 brick style Game Boy with Tetris playing in the background. being like, uh -huh. James, you say something? Yeah. Oh, oh, never mind. You had yeah. your headphones on saying, oh, man, in a few years when some kid claims he is the first to beat Tetris, I'm going to be in the comment section saying, oh, yeah, I did that 25 years ago on my Game Boy. Do you know about that? No. Yeah, of course I do. I did. I was in the comment section. Oh, I did not man. hear about that. What was going on? So someone finally beat Tetris, meaning they got a kill screen, like a true to life kill screen, meaning people used to think the kill screen was the game going too fast for anyone to build. Not, not, not an actual kill screen. Like, nothing's happening, the game is over, everything's stopped, kind of kill screen. Yes, right? like that happens in Donkey Kong or Mario, the, or not mm -hmm. Mario, Mrs. Pac-Man, Pac-Man, where just, like, you die, 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 or it just, like, crashes, and then you can't mm -hmm. go anymore. So, in Tetris, it was thought to believe this specific level, like, level 27 or whatever it was, maybe it's 59, was the final level. Nice. But... People then realized if you build a well before that right in the middle so you mm -hmm. can just like start locking in pieces to like fill in that, you yeah. can hypothetically beat it. And then someone beat it and then the floodgates were open. And then someone mm -hmm. using Taz, a tool-assisted speed run. Also the human suplex machine. Yes. They also – they found out that you can go <laughs> – to these specific levels, and if specific things happen, a kill screen will will cut. And this is like level one hundred and fifty. So like, like uh, more than a hundred past what people thought was the end. And this kid yeah. did it. And in order to do this, people were able to get like very far past the specific that thought to be kill screen by using mm -hmm. what is called like hyper tapping. And then hyper tapping escalated to like this different tapping where you're like going like brr, brr. you're tapping so yeah, yeah. fast that you're able to pick up with this speed. So. This kid uh, did it, and he is the first, yeah. and there are so many fuckers in the comments on anything that is talking about this thing. They're saying, well, I did that but when I was a kid, but I, I, I wasn't out recording myself for brownie points, this and that. And it's like, you wow. don't know anything, you fuckhead. You At aren't all. part of this community that has been trying to do this for 20-plus years. Yeah, that literally— and <laughs> Like had a huge discovery. Like that that's mm -hmm. the part that that's my favorite part of it, because I'm a sucker for community. But as people like really taking this like 20, 30 odd year old game mm -hmm. and just like finding like, hold on, 
there's a whole we can keep going. This yeah. the, the end is not the, the possibilities become endless. Like that's it's got to be the same thing like when a scientist makes a science discovery and is like, you guys have been thinking about science all wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, with Tetris. Yeah. Like it that's so yeah, and then it's just very, very reactionary, just very like, uh, like weirdly defensive because no one is saying your penis is smaller because yeah. you're not as good at Tetris as this person is. But like, that's how they take it. Also, put into context, Sean doesn't know this. Everyone else listening does. 13 year old. Oh, right. Yes. Something else that is sh- shameful then. Yeah. Like, the, they're like, oh, this child, I'm better than this kid. No, it's you're so not. Weird. It has to be like a majority of like, and that's the and what is that reactionary defensivism? I don't. Know, I was gonna, I was gonna put, throw boomers under the bus, but anyone can. No, be. these are it's fucking really, millennials. That's dis, that's disappointing. Because if they were like, you had te- even teenagers, it, like in the late eighties, that still constitutes, or maybe they're Gen X and like some old millennials, but still no eighty. Mm-hmm. So if you're like when Tetris came out in on nintendo it would have had to minimum be 1990 ish so most likely older millennials to younger gen xers yeah oh my god they're shitty but speaking of things that aren't shitty (laughs) sweaty town pro wrestling threes a crowd in lucha underground season two episode 12 we're still we're still in the fallout of matanza and dario dario coming back at aztec warfare to reclaim both the Lucha Underground Championship as well as his rightful place. Not rightful. There is nothing rightful about Dario Cueto. But his place as El Jefe of the Temple. And we start in the office of El Jefe in this episode. Real quick, 1989 is when it came out in Nintendo. And another wrinkle I forgot to bring up. This will be the last thing. It was okay. such a monumental moment that the fucking creator of Tetris congratulated this kid. That's That gives me hope that, like, that kid can, like, remember that anytime he reads the comments section. Mm-hmm. He's like, why is Billy... Two Peppers on YouTube criticizing my life's work, albeit it's a short life, but just criticizing my life's work instead of just saying that was cool. Mm -hmm. You know what? The creator of Tetris likes me, and that's all I need. But Dario's over here. He doesn't likes me. He's about to knifes me. Well, he's about to knife three other people in his office. He wants them to behave, you three you Cage, Taya, and Johnny Mundo. Cage, Taya, Johnny Mundo all sit in the office. Johnny and Cage have been at each other's throats for months. Johnny and Taya have officially started dating, and it's very cute, but boy, are they evil. I have a real quick name for this tag team, this trios. Let's get there. The reason they're in the office, Dario wants this trios tournament to be even bester, best better god damn it goose notes pull it together even better than last year so dario officially meets taya creepiest handshakes ever taya shoots him down dario and darius all but says be my new odd thruple he dangles something that has eluded both johnny and cage for a season and a half something that has been a, a driving motivator for both of them for this entire time championship gold Ooh. so cage says fuck it 
he'll be winning the trios tournament with or without Johnny and Taya because he's not a man. And uh, Dario cuts him off. You're a machine. We know. Yeah. It's very funny that they're all doing that to the point where once Cage leaves, Johnny Mundo goes, I'm a machine. He's such a piece of, he is, he is a very specific piece of shit, uh, Johnny Mundo, in this entire episode. Like, part of it is he do, he's blissfully unaware. Like, he's got, like, he's got that, like, I'm very rich and I'm pretty, so I don't have to live in the real world. Mm -hmm. kind of like mentality going about it but he's also evil while he's living in that mentality that's like nicole yeah but nicole's not evil or if she is she's in that atmosphere of like hey i'm too pretty to be with the rest of you that's she slums it when you come over and she (laughs) slums it every time she wakes up next to me I was going to make a joke like, oh, that's why she'll never be on this podcast. She was on this podcast. We have recorded evidence of her slumming it with uh-huh, us. Uh-huh. And you can listen to that in the old feed, baby. I do want, or in the same feed. In the it's same It's just a couple feed. of episodes ago. You need to hop into your time traveling machine and go back to the year of 1989 and beat Tetris yourself. Wait Then a and only then can you listen to the Nicole episode of Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Holy shit. When, <laughs> okay, you stand like this. You're standing just like you're about to be a sardine in a can. Okay. And then all of a sudden you are getting bear hugged by two individuals. Aerostar and Cage, and they make a time machine. They can bring you anywhere you want. And not to mention, you need to hide that erection because boy, oh boy, two hunks are hugging you. And you sat there, you hit play on this episode, and you thought my mind is not going to be blown Uh by new and exciting science. Uh You fool. Welcome to Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, the only podcast that cares about time travel. Also, in this feed, Death to Squids, we talk about time travel quite a bit on that. So, only uh, one. If I were to be booking a promotion, if I were to be in the writer's room of this, very rarely do we see, like, to have a child actor be like someone's manager and like put them in a suit and all of that. Very funny. But to see a yeah. kid in front of Cage, because Cage isn't going to hurt a child. He's not actually eventually maybe like after five episodes, he just picks him up and drops him in a trash can like Bill Murray did to uh, Seth Green once as a child. Oh, gosh. So And not on camera. That's not a sketch. That's uh-uh. just something he did as a person. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if it's just a kid every time Bill Cage Murray like, goes on YouTube comments to complain about Tetris winners. Oh, damn. Um, actually, I did that in 1979. Gilda Radner was there. Fuck off, Bill. So. Sorry. <laughs> and Gilda Radner was playing the Tetris theme on piano. Yeah, she's she is very talented. We got we, we, we love Gilda on this one. I've been to her laugh fest. Oh, shit. Nice. It's in Grand Rapids. Go check it out. So. All right. I would love to see a kid just uh, he's maybe managing 
these two fuckers, Taya and Johnny. And mm-hmm. Cage just is always saying, I'm a machine. And this kid's just like walking around saying, I'm a machine. I'm a machine. I'm a machine. That's what you sound like. Okay. Get out of here, Cage. And I'd- actually, what would be hilarious mm-hmm. if Johnny and Taya use this child as a meat shield to be like, yes. you're not going to hurt us because this child and the, ch- the kid's 100% on board. And that really is the level. It's so odd. Like, it's how good Johnny is where, like, that is the level of villainy they're at where they would use a child as a meat shield. Like, that's one of those things. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, silly idea. But, like, it's also definitely something that's where they're level at villainy, right? Like, Mill's not going to use a child as a meat shield. He's too busy being Mill. But Taya and Johnny can get away with, like, goofy villainy, which is, like, so hard to be able to be a goofy villain because you start becoming likable in, in like in a really like relatable kind of way because mm-hmm. there's like Mojo Jojo-esque sort of patheticness to it. But like, God, Johnny is like still a villain, like still really easy to boo him, but is just so goofy and entertaining along the way. Mm-hmm. I, ooh, I like, I like, I like him. I like him a lot. How I would bill this kid is he is a much younger brother to Cage, where it's a like a late in life accident that his parents had. So he's like mm-hmm. 12 years old in cage at this time is probably in his 30s. And mm-hmm. every time he says, I'm a machine, he's like, no, you're not. You're from Chico, California, just like me. And we came out of the same genetics. You're not a machine. <laughs> and then cage just has to be like, oh, my God. Just I want to murder this. <laughs> Absolutely upset with his younger brother. <laughs> if his younger brother, and it's it's because it, there is something so human and just very relatable about being upset with your younger brother, but you also want add on the reality that you are a machine and your younger brother. I picture this child in like a suit, like oh, yeah, I'm basically yeah. picturing. I'm picturing like Boss Baby, but a twelve year old and cooler, funnier. I, I, honestly. Not that, wait, what was it? Funnier, you know? More absurd. What's more absurd than a talking baby running a Fortune 500 company? A talking baby just fucking shitting on Cage every other week. Real quick, (laughs) there would be one episode where he just shows up in, like, Cage's singlet and then with Mm. a bald cap with a faux hawk on it and maybe, like, drawn on facial features and... Facial hair, I should say. Okay. And Cage just looks at him and says, you look stupid. And the kid said, yeah, you do. (laughs) Put me in a writer's room, guys, please. Before we move on, you had a name for this brand new trios, the trio team uh, that we will see tonight of Cage, Johnny Mundo, and Taya. I am saying this as like a as in humans, not just like two men, you know, it would be two men in a machine. I like it. At the desk, we have Vampiro and Mad Striker, Vampiro in glasses, sweater under the cutoff Black Label Society flannel. I didn't actually listen to what they were saying. I was too busy appreciating uh, Vampiro's fashion choices this evening. I also realized that this season, season two 
the temple is darker than in season yeah. one. Literally darker. They uh, The lights are off in most places now because I went back to an early season one episode and it's just mm-hmm. bright as all day. And I, can't, I wish there was a medium. I want an in-between mm-hmm. of those two. Yeah, it's nice. It was, I think it was too bright in the first season. Like you, like I love looking at Machete during wrestling matches, but it was a little distracting. Like it would be in most situations. Like if I was sitting here doing my taxes and all of a sudden Machete appears in the corner of my room, I'm going to get something. I'm going to do my taxes wrong. Same. Yeah. Danny Trejo is an amazing actor and I'm happy to be distracted by him. But he's still a distraction nonetheless. Now, if in the corner, instead of machete, a bowl of spaghetti showed up, I'm having a blast. But the bowl of spaghetti is indeed played by Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah. So much right. Danny Trejo is amazing. This went from a joke to just like earnest appreciation of Danny Trejo, which you know what? I've got no qualms with. I've got no. I'm sorry I pushed you in front of a train and Def Jam fight for New York. Danny, I that that's that was it was all business, but I'm sure you understand. He goes by Daniel Trejo now. Nice, Daniel. I'm sorry I pushed you in front of a train into Def Jam fight for New York. We have a we have a match coming up. It is Arhenis versus motherfucking Killshot. Ooh, the luchador who hails from the heavens. Arhenis versus Killshot. The luchador who hails from the heavens takes on the veteran prisoner of war who escaped captivity but left his squad behind in the process. Before we get real into it, James, James, how do you feel about this match? I love it. Saluting? Hell yeah. I'm saluting my veteran. And we're proud to be watching Sweaty Time Pro... Lucha Underground. We don't... Never mind. I fucked that up. We're proud to be watching this uh, this podcast episode you're listening to right now. And I'm proud to be an American. Killshot comes out in the camo. He's got new gear. It's a camo coat and a dog tag. Uh, As Vampiro puts it, it's about coming in, doing your thing your way. Make a statement of who you are, and it's an intimidation factor. You know, you're not here to play games. Killshot, like, everything about Killshot this season and this match is just, like, it's not, it's not like, wildly different from season one, but it's such an evolution. There's so much more to it. He takes a moment to pay homage to the dog tags that he leaves in the corner before turning and doing like slow turning to face Arhenis. And I really think even in his eyes, you see that fight to forget motivation. You know, I'm a little iffy on dog tags. Is this now we can't talk about the Dominator and the way you are giggling to yourself Pleased as punch. I have uh-huh. a feeling that's where this was going. It was, it was. I'm like, right. do I dominate these tags or do I wear them on my neck? All right. Well, we're about 25 minutes in uh, the, the record. If you find a second place to bring the Dominator back into conversation, go I ahead. I do. It's already in my notes. Oh, perfect. Well, uh, let's talk about the match then. Killshot avoids Arhenis, who rushes in immediately, counters with a massive single head drop kick. Arhenis on the run stops whatever Killshot was setting up by kicking him square in the ass and nuts. Kicked right in the bull's eyes. It is something I... Because Arhenis uh, was running with the uh, Disciples of Death for a while. We haven't seen a lot of Arhenis. 
I love how much foot-to-ass-based offense and defense he really does. Most of what he does in the ring involves him literally kicking you in the ass. And God, that's, it's wild to me how creative Arhenes can be with all of the different ways he can find his foot on your ass, you know? He's a real big fan of that 70s show. He's a, he's a big Red Foreman guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Most of this match is kill shot. Sort of like it's kill shot in control with like bursts of hope from Arhenis. Because mm-hmm. kill shot this time around has a mind of a different caliber. Oh, and then you, it's like a gun because he was a soldier. Yep. Well, also because his name is Killshot and he has like a, uh, the crosshairs on his face. Oh, I just got that. Oh, I, th- I thought he was just Christian and it was a cross. <laughs> he just he just really was. He took his, his he took his faith very seriously. He does have that that fish tattooed on his arm. Oh, I thought that was because he was a fan of the band Fish. No, no, no. That's because he's a Holy Spirit lover. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite fish song. Oh, Holy Spirit Lover? Uh-huh. Mine's David Bowie. Nice. It's the um, only one I know. Our head is on the top turnbuckle, slaps Killshot in the face to back him up. Killshot is pissed, but runs back. Gamangiri kicks our head off the top. Killshot with his hands at his sides. Tope moonsault. The big roll through cutter. Uh, Killshot pins, but only gets a two. Our head catches Killshot this time. Avalanche arm drag pins, but another two. Killshot with a corkscrew brain buster, Arhenis tries to crawl away, but is picked up by a super kick, setting up for the double stomp. But Killshot gives a little Sonic the Hedgehog uh, finger waggle. He has been in control of this match the entire time. This is almost an inevitability. But when he picks him up and hits that JML driver for the three, hoo boy. Four minutes and 35 seconds, Killshot is the winner tonight. That finisher looks dangerous. It does. He's been doing it, though, for years. As far as I've heard, no major injuries out of it. Okay. Such it, And it looks so good. God, Swerve, Killshot, Strickland, just thank you. I would just like to thank you. For your service. For your service. And I'm proud to be an American standing outside of Dario's office. I'm allowed because I'm American. Is that something, you know, like it's a parody of something. it? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm allowed because I'm American. I, I'm actually too sad about America to make a funny parody out of it right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can. We can. Well, it can still be funny and criticizing. Oh, no. I know we can. I just know me me personally cannot. <laughs> me as a huge... Sean Marciniak as an individual is... Uh, outside of Dario's office is uh, Black Lotus standing guard. This is... I did not see coming. Dragon Azteca appears... Not a lot of people enter, I notice in this show. It's mostly appearing. Like if there's ever a script and someone's and like someone's not in the scene and then they are in the scene, they don't enter. They just appear. It's a long hallway. It is a long hallway. I'm, I'm not criticizing it. I like it. 
Yeah. I'm just, it's just something I've noticed. Uh, yeah, it's also something that every other wrestling show on TV could take a little bit of information from. Maybe just have the wrestlers appear in the ring. You don't need to have them enter and walk down a huge-ass alley, you know, smacking the crowd. Oh, I love you guys so much. Boo. Boring. AEW, also you just, boring. You just booed high fives? James. Uh, yeah, uh, James. a few high fives going down a few flights of stairs. Yeah, or not even a flight of stairs, like one <laughs> single flight of stairs. That's cool. But high fiving like a quarter of a mile from one back area to a ring in front of a thousand people, that's boring as shit. You know what? Hey, this summer, 2024, Goose is running his first marathon, all high fives. I, maybe not a marathon. That's a really long time. But I will go for an extended run as long as like just I'm continuously high-fiving the entire time. That's the rule. We don't know that many uh, people. That's true. That's, strangers get a, strangers can get it. Okay. <laughs> Appearing. Dragon Azteca does this. Dragon Azteca appears to question her. They, of course, have a long history together. Dragon Azteca Jr. was saved by Dragon Azteca Sr., was trained before Black Lotus even came to Dragon Azteca, before Dragon Azteca Sr. was betrayed by Black Lotus. And they they have some stuff they have to work out real quick. Dragon Azteca questions Black Lotus. Dragon Azteca Jr. questions Black Lotus, how can you work for him? I had no choice, she says. He locked me in his cell, and if I didn't pretend to align with him, he'd kill me. Do you know what happened to our master? Yes. The monster killed him. We'll get our revenge, but not yet. He's too powerful. And like Dragon Azteca feels like me. I did not expect this to be the conversation. I did not expect Black Lotus to be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding. I'm trying to save myself. She's and a double agent. I did not. I didn't realize she was a double agent. I feel. I think. Did you call? Did you call that she was a double agent? I think I thought eventually. Dario's true plan is going to break bad and she's going to realize, oh, this is not at all what I want. But she was a little apprehensive even earlier saying like, hey, when are we getting back to the temple? Let's just get back to the temple because she knows in the temple she might mm. have a little bit of safety. Yeah. that was, Oh, my gosh. It was there the whole time. That's so. Mm. Well, she is keeping safe by staying as close to the most dangerous man in all of Los Angeles right now, Dario Cueto. I thought it was Tommy so babe. The second most dangerous man in all of Los Angeles, <laughs> Dario Cueto. If, if season three, we just see Black Lotus hanging out with Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, and he has just like a bunch of guns. Hell yeah. Well, let's see. That was outside of the office. Maybe there's going to be a bunch of guns inside of the office. Oh, no, it's just some more th of that sweet, sweet, thin gravy while Dar Dario is pouring for himself as he gets excited by uh, one of the hottest new competitors in Mexico. And he's sitting across from him in the office. It's Dega. Debuting at the temple is Dega. Today is signed to Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. I wasn't super familiar with him before this episode. Dude was great. Spoilers for his match coming up later. Fucking love him. Yeah, they said that him and Tejano, who he will be fighting in a match, were like tag teams. They worked in trios such as mm -hmm. as you would 
And yeah, when when two people who are very familiar with each other's styles go into the ring to each other, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. In the office, Dario is showing off his gold coin collection, but they're medallions. Daga says like, hey, the, what, yeah, I like these coins here. And then what's his face? It says, no, no, they're medallions, which is the same exact, oh, you playing with dolls? No, they're action figures. Yeah. So Dario breaks down the Gift of the Gods concept to a very smirking Daga, who admits, yeah, that's creative. Uh, Daga's debut match tonight against Tejano will be for a medallion. But Daga's not scared. He's been smirking this whole... Daga's been smirking this whole time. He is... He is a very... He is... He is... Ooh. Ooh, he is... He... he I like... I like Daga. I like Daga. I like his smirk. And let's go to the ring and check it out in action for the medallion, Daga versus Tejano. And the commentators say that he has the strong style of Japan, correct? They reference uh, his, uh, Japanese shoot style wrestling. There we go. Um, which would kind of go on to become, or not become, but influence strong style. Uh, are you familiar with like uh, strong style? Have we talked about that? Yeah, at nauseum, Sean. Okay, cool. And I believe shuffling the deck, you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm finally in a strong style, but I don't know a lot. I have this idea for an invention of where we take a dog. Yes. And we put it into a machine. Uh -huh. You know, I'm sorry. You were saying something. Please continue. All right. I just wanted to, I was going to be silent and just have you do the entire <laughs> thing so I could clip it and say he's finally into it. <laughs> I could I saw, I saw, I saw that. I saw the trap marks miles away. So on that, it makes sense because, and it's crazy that when you are, doing a specific style of wrestling that you also then have a specific body type because he looks like wrestlers in Japan. Like his body type and physique is that. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, I think that's more coincidence than like that. That's what happens. Right. Cause I'm, th I'm also thinking of finding out that I, uh, what we found out with just, uh, the Justin Borden episode, Mac trained in loot specifically in Lucha Libre a style of wrestling that is not to the max body type, mm, mm -hmm. but, but like he adds, he adds so much more to it in some ways. I forget who, I wish I remembered who it was. It was a shoot interview of some kind. Some rest, uh, uh, someone was talking about American wrestlers going over to Japan and working. And one of the things they said was one of the things you don't want, one of the things that's really hard to do is if you're an Amer you're obviously an American wrestler influenced by Japanese wrestling because we have Japanese wrestling already. Mm -hmm. Like we want, we want you to be influenced by something we really don't have over here. That's like how we can, and really anything, just that the thing that sets you apart, like what's the thing it's like, like it's fine to acknowledge your influences and like be inspired. It's beautiful to be inspired, mm -hmm. but to also like, but like also like bringing your own thing. So it's weird. It's interesting that Daga does have, he looks like a young Minoru Suzuki, Style, like very cut, very lean, a very like a very efficient. There's not a lot of like flashy muscles mm -hmm. on Daga. It's very lean. It's very to the point. His body, but he's also fucking doing his own thing. And by doing his own thing, I mean being a smirky little. We use scamp a lot. Yeah, I mostly started. I'm I'm mostly picking it up from you, Daga. I think Daga's Daga's some scamping scamp over here. We got a lot of scamps on this show, but I think Daga, I would put Daga in scamp territory mm -hmm. firmly. 
So yeah, this is where Vampiro smartens us up to Daga's style of wrestling, as well as his relationship to Tejano, which you touched on earlier. We get the tie-up, and where the larger Tejano has the advantage, but fucking Daga. He throws Tejano a cheeky little slap, which pisses Tejano off, which is perfect, because now Tejano starts chasing Daga. And again, he has this like lean, very <laughs> finesseful, very efficient body type. So you don't I don't I don't want to chase this guy. Tejano, big as he is, does not want to chase this man. And the competition competition of speed and finesse favors Daga. We get this stand-up. Tejano returns the flavor with a slap of his own. Ah. Like it is like they are pissed at each other. And we love to see it. Tensions are rising as Tejano kicks Daga in the side of the head. Ugh. During a Tejano flurry of suplexes, just slams Daga, injures his right arm. Daga will now be kind of dealing with that injured right arm for the rest of the match. And he still does way too much shit. Daga's balls jump from his jump into his throat when Tejano drops him split-legged on the top rope before running booting Daga in the face, which is... I love his face so much. It's weird to say I love a man's face when he gets hit in the nuts. It's This episode's very ass and nut heavy for you. It gets incredibly nut heavy. But also, I just wanted to like Daga's facials. Like the way he's selling this top rope, like, is very good. I'm very excited to see Daga. Like, it's, it's, it's someone I'm seeing for the first time. I wasn't, I'm not super familiar um, because... I I I I you know I I am a casual wrestling fan as it turns out. I am a fraud because I've missed this amazing wrestler for so many years. Stop saying that. Oh okay. You, you don't need to keep saying I'm a fraud because I don't know this hyper specific thing. I know. Okay. You can still you. like be like hey I'm a wrestling fan even though I like just WWE stuff. No, I'm not allowed to be a wrestling fan anymore. Hulk Hogan came to my house and said, oh, you're a casual now, brother. That's what we've been looking for. And now I'm watching TNA again, but like specifically TNA from 2009. Which is the so... best TNA. <laughs> Tits and ass from 2009. Sign me up, babe. I need Killshot to save me. I'm in a POW camp, but it's just Hulk Hogan making me watch his episodes of TNA. Women just hit different in 09, okay, babe? Wait, what? I'm saying I want tits and ass TNA from 2009. Oh, okay. Specifically, okay, yeah. Also, real quick, when you mm. went to figure drawing class and there were nude models, art instructor always criticized your photos, your drawings as nut heavy, correct? This is very nut focused for you. <laughs> that is that is correct, yes. Uh <laughs> How did I, how was that one of my notes? I'm that kidding. Wasn't. That would have been wild. My only note for this match pretty much yes. is Tejano has been like, he, he's a blue collar warrior. They even said that in this match. They said he, his physique is from like picking up shit on the range. But mm -hmm. then they they say his father was a famous wrestler. That is not what they've been leading up to the past last season. He's been like, hey, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps kind of guy. No, well, which is the hard part because they also did acknowledge that he is a legacy. Mm -hmm. He is a legacy luchador. And it would be disrespectful. I mean, his name is Tejano Jr., right? Yeah. 
it would be disrespectful for them to be like, yeah, he had nothing. And his, he didn't even know his dad. His dad got killed in a Dominator accident. Hell like, yeah, it would, dude. It's one of the things I like about it where there is culture to this. It's not just, well, let's tell a wild story and we'll take, we'll strip everything away that makes you you and give you the character that we want you to play. Like, that's not really what happens here. Well, real quick, one, humans might, if they're, you know, interfering, crawling in, it's not gauged for a human size. So a human might die in the Dominator, but dogs, yeah, don't they will not. Don't crawl in the, if you crawl in the Dominator, you deserve to die. Uh, <laughs> hey, he said it, not me. But also, if you're buying if you a, buy Dominator, a Dominator, if you no, buy no. a Dominator, you also deserve no. to die. I was going to start saying that, but then say, no, but then you said it full on. Oh, God. Dominator 2.0 is not going where we want it to go. But I, they could have just billed him as like he is the son of Texas, like he is Tejano Jr. Yeah, but it does. But then, it, but you don't want to erase like his father's work. He wants to erase his father's work. Why? Uh, because he wants mm -hmm. to make him proud. And the only way you can make your dad proud is by breaking down everything he has made. So then when mm -hmm. he sees you emerge from the wreckage, he's like, whoa, I, I helped make that. He rose above it all. Yeah. Really, if in any way or form you can break your father and gaslight him uh -huh. into thinking that he is, for instance, a poser and not a real wrestling fan. Just for instance, if you can do that to your father, you have won. It's exactly <laughs> from Nightfall. Little known fact, Bane Wayne is his full name. Yes. Bane Wayne? It, Bane is Bruce's Bane son. Is, Bane is Wayne? Uh-huh. And he broke down his father and said, hey, this isn't because I was <laughs> left to take my mother's, who had to take my father's debt and have to be in a prison since I was a child. Mm-hmm. That's not, it's not because of that. It's because I want you to love me, daddy. Uh-huh. Got it. That's kind of what uh, Jason Todd does. Yeah, kind of. With uh, the, when he puts on the helmet and yeah, okay, yeah. I see that. Yeah, I, I, really, it's very sound. And then they have a sweet, touching moment at the end. Oh. I feel like specifically in Batman, sixty to eighty percent of characters really need to have a sit-down conversation with their father figure, oh, dude. That's all Nightfall has been, is the Robins being like, Bruce, you are not listening to us. But the the one of the final things, it's spoilers for Nightfall, mm -hmm. is Dick has been Batman for a while. He's filling in and he find like Bruce comes back and he's like, hey, I'm ready to take this. And he's like, dude, we need to talk because you just have you, you didn't come to me. You went with someone who you knew had a brainwashing thing. And then you didn't ask me what the fuck, man. He's like, well, I thought you were doing your own stuff, this and that. And he's like, well, you want to know and you just want to leave now, don't you, Bruce? That's what you do. You never yeah. like question things. You just let things be in here. Like Bruce eventually says and this has been like. 1800 pages leading up to this. So mm -hmm. I'm not doing it justice, but Bruce says, well, you know, that's just how it's always been. And Dick says, what do you mean? Like, what? what's it? And he's like, you know, fathers and sons. And I'm like, oh, my God, Sean, if you were to read this right now, yeah. that final like one of those final pages, you would be in a ball of tears. I mean, I'm immediately going like, 
hearing that story, it's literally everything I've learned about like what what my relationship with my dad like failed to give me on some mm-hmm. levels. Where like that was that's literally was our biggest problem was he would assume things and then not communicate that. And that's a really common relationship sort of mess up, I think. A lot of people do that where it's, oh, no, you're too busy doing your own thing. And it's like, no, well, still check in. You still like check, like check in on Dick. Be like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Like just keep communicating. Mm-hmm. Where like that's, we found, I remember it was, it turned such a corner when we found out. My dad didn't hate us. He just really wasn't, and it's, and he fell in love with someone else that wasn't my mother, but he did fall in love with her, and that's cool. But he just, he carried around so much guilt and so many assumptions. He just, like, he started making these assumptions of, oh, my kids hate me because my ex wife turned them against me. And we're just over here going, like, nah, we love you. Would be nice to see you this evening uh, if you remember to pick us up. And so, like, just, I don't know, talk to Dick, Bruce. Stop assuming things about things, people, and talk to your sons, dads. And even though he has a father, talk to Tim, talk to Damien in a few years, and guess what? You'll be able to talk to Jason in a few years as well. Hell yeah. Batman and dads, ladies and gentlemen. Batman and dads. Dadman. Dadman. This match is... Very intense. Uh, it's very, it's very fun to watch these two go at it. Tejano tries to end the match with the power bomb. Dega reverses it to a Hurricane Rana, only scores the two. Tejano's getting fired up. This is awesome, Chance. Temple is nuts for this one. Like this yeah. match, we're talking about Batman and other things. This match is go out of your way to find. Oh my gosh! Big ol' su- uh, looks for the suplex. Daga rolls through ankle lock. Like Daga's looking like a young Kurt Angle, man. It's crazy. A bit less milk. Tejano escapes with a roll through, kicks Daga off against the ropes, rebound monkey flip. Tejano powerbomb finds its mark this time, finishes off Daga. Seven minutes and four seconds. And a reminder, this is for the first of season two's seven Aztec medallions. Oh! So, Gift of Gods, we're getting that back. When he was getting hyped up, he was screaming, Viva la Mexico! No tango, padre! And then just went into it. I I have no father? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he needs to break his father down. But he did say, Yo, la tango, Batman! <laughs> uh, and this, he does have a Batman. He, he he's, You could see him in the corner. Just real quick, they're like, no, no, that's Drago. That's just Drago. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear him slurp. You just hear uh-huh. as he pulls his tongue back into his mouth. The back room of a bed, bath, and beyond as Mill meditates over dozens of candles. Katrina enters to inform Mill their disciples have gained entry into the trio's tournament next week. They wish to beg you forgiveness. She then uses, this is why I love season two so goddamn much. She then uses the rock to summon the disciples of death who materialize behind her in lightning effects in post. No, this was in pre. This was in pre. This made me pre is how good this Uh. shit looked. Mill stands up as he stands the disciples kneel and kindly Papa Mill tells them to rise. This is not a mill. That specifically... Literally, it's been one word. We only get one word, but kindly Papa Mill is a is a new side of Mill Muertes I am on board for. 
uh, and kindly pop a pill because looking at Mills giving me vertigo. Oh yeah, I kindly do not need to pop a pill if it if it's a Viagra because huh, already there. Katrina tells you can cut that out. That's no. fine. Katrina then damn it tells them to leave and assures Mill that they will not fail again. She makes promises that they'll advance uh, in the trio's tournament and that Mill will be champion again. They're not taking the gold. I don't think it. I don't think so. Uh-uh. I mean. Yeah, I don't think so. Like they just I mean, Arhenis just started wrestling again as Arhenis. He's he's doing he's doing fun butt kicking stuff. Let him do let him do fun butt kick stuff. Yeah, you can t- swap out masks. It's fine. But I don't know if you <laughs> noticed it. I noticed it for the first time. Mill has like theme music going on in the background that's pretty much the opener to Final Fantasy VIII, the like, <laughs> you know, it's like orchestra and they're just like singing random Latin stuff. Holy shit. But it, this is Hell like, yeah. Lucha! And it's like, listen they, to it again. Hell yes. Uh, just to wrap this up, just Katrina says, just know the monster Matanzo Cueto is unlike any adversary you've ever faced. Possibly more devastating than the earthquake that made you. Which is a wild thing to say to anyone. Hey, this guy you have to professionally fight, he might be more dangerous than the... Tr- than the natural disaster that killed, that almost killed you and took your family away from you. Hey, this, I, I had to go kill someone to make me, and this dude's made with an earthquake? Oh! I want to know why Rodney Dangerfield did not play Mil Muertes here, because clearly he should have. Or was that your, that was that your Daniel Tosh? No, that was, uh, yeah, it's my Daniel Tosh, but no, it's, uh, what's his face? Hickory dickory cock. Oh, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, I'm being like a mob dude because they Mm -hmm. get made and that's what, you know, the the earthquake that made you. Hey, I'm over here getting made by often motherfuckers. Like the, yeah, Goodfellas style. I wish I could just Uh, go to an earthquake and all of a sudden the family accepts me. Oh, real quick tangent and I have nothing to add to this. I wonder if Roddy Dangerfield ever did play a mafia, like a mafioso type. Cause I feel uh-huh. like that ex- like that Rodney Dangerfield archetype, like that Rodney, the Dangerfield voice, would be really good coming out of like a Long Island, you know, Jersey City style of mob boss. Okay, I'll look it up. Hell yeah! Mill roars into the candles. By the way, arms outstretched, back looking big. Fuck! This is where I just realized we're gonna get Matanza versus Mill at some point, and that's gonna be insane. I am very looking forward to that match. But we have. We only got one match for the evening left. It is a trios tournament title, a uh, trios tournament match. Dragon Azteca Jr., Prince Puma, and Rey Mysterio. They got together last week. They are going to be a team, and they will be taking on the uh, new odd thruple, the two men and a machine. That's right. Johnny Mundo, Taya, and Cage. Wale is here. Wale is here and a big fan of Rey Mysterio. So is Ron Funches. We get a big shot of Ron Funches chanting at the top of his lungs for Rey Mysterio along with the rest of the temple. If you don't know who Rey Mysterio is, I can't help you. You should go out of your way to make sure you know who Rey Mysterio is. He's very good. So they make their entrance. Cage pushes past Taya and Johnny doing their cool entrance pose immediately not on the same page. I mean, the entirety of season two has been Cage versus Johnny. 
Like that's the weird thing I think about specifically about well, I was gonna say the weird thing about this one, but I don't know who's more of an odd pairing. Is it Cage, Taya, and Johnny? Or was it Mac, Marty, and Mariposa? I'm not sure. Like right, like the entire season, they've on TV, they're just very prominent, but that is Cage, Johnny, and Taya. Their rivalry has been very prominent. But Mac, Marty, and Mariposa, like that involves a kidnapping. And what can only be a soup, like, right? Like, that's got to be worse. But it's, they're just not on TV as much. So it doesn't feel as bad. I don't know. Don't kidnap women. Real quick, uh, <laughs> he has played a mob guy, Rodney Dangerfield. He plays Ooh. the Rodfather in The Godson, which is a parody of movies like The Godfather and Scarface. <laughs> we gotta watch this. We, oh no. I <laughs> this will be for This Existed. Did it have, I don't think it had a, uh, not for This Existed, but the other thing. Straight to Patreon. You ever accidentally, precognitively uh, see your own death? Because I think I might have accidentally called my own, this movie will kill me. Uh, too bad. We were going to do Powerbomb, but now we have to do The Godson. I just sent you the poster right now. Oh, no. Rest in peace. Oh, God. Who is the other? Is that fucking, what's his name? Dom DeLuise? Yes, it is. <laughs> He's the odd father. This doesn't look like a movie poster. It looks like a facehole app. Where, like, Dom DeLuise oh, just yeah. kind of, like, sent an email to Rodney Dangerfield. Like, look what I did with our pictures. I made a funny poster. Like, it's a, it looks like an email I got from my uncle who was about to be divorced but didn't want to tell the family that. So he's try, trying to play it real cool. It looks like that kind of email. Well. Uh, it doesn't look like a real movie. <laughs> come over within the next week and we're watching it, baby. Sounds Marvelous. Great. Marvelous, darling. Dragon Azteca and Cage start off. Dragon Azteca fearless. This is a, like some of our first look at Dragon Azteca. We've seen that in Aztec warfare, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Fearless, smooth, big go behind. He, uh, Cage catches him in a headlock. I've never seen a body drug, dragged by the head the way Cage drags Dragon Azteca in this headlock. It's fucking nuts. Uh, you're not watching the right porno then. What? Yeah, people just dragging heads around. It's real hot. I thought you were going to say like you're on what you're not like on Twitter. People are getting dragged out here for all these hot takes. Or... Oh, no, no, no. No, we're watching porn. OK, I, I got to <laughs> say, I like that Puma finally has real friends this season and not that mm. sick son of a bitch Conan. You want to see this horse? You want to see my tiger? Conan is a real friend. You know because he has a tiger. And that's all I need. That's all I have to say about that. As uh, uh, Azteca fights, though, after that headlock drag a body around, he fights through, creates space, eventually takes Cage down for a second. This match is insane. This match is just all over the place insane. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm looking through my notes. I'm like, I gotta like, you need to watch this match, dear listener. Oh, and yeah. I need to like, uh, just kind of like break down some of my notes. James, uh, like overall thoughts, I guess, while I kind of like 
piece some of my thoughts together. This match is one of the greatest in all of wrestling. At first, you're thinking, oh, yeah, it's just like a trios match. But how the bad guys are being bad guys specifically is so good. They're not just trying to, you know, take a knife or an illegal weapon, if you will, and start stabbing them. No, they're not like the ways in which they are being scamps is Mm -hmm. good. It, it doesn't seem like, oh, God, they're doing this, oh, brother. But maybe the first couple times I'm like, is this the direction this match is going? But no, the every, also everyone's just pulling with the punches, going with them, like saying, hey, not pulling with the punches, going with the punches. Like, oh, this is how they're going to act. Then this is how we're going to act. And then you yeah. got that nice Johnny throwing in a chair for Cage and Cage just throwing it let's, out was such a good moment. Let's get there then. Yeah. There was something, I believe, about Dragon Azteca, and Stryker says, oh, Vamp, are you alluding to his mysticism? And I just, I want to know, Sean, do you ever Mm -hmm. allude to my mysticism to your friends? No, but I do send a lot of my friends pictures of your cum gutters. Okay. Um, Don't know how you're getting them, but okay. Oh, you're on sniffer.com. Okay, all right. Don't blow up my spot, but yeah. Um, so if that's alluding to your mysticism, uh, yes, but yeah, definitely that, you know, I mentioned up top and I kind of wanted to save it for now. How like Daga scamp, I, I felt like Daga had a lot of scamp energy and he does. It's just, if, if, if this episode, if the, if each episode had a scamp of the year award at the end of the episode, it's just not fair to Daga because Johnny is in this episode. I think also Taya. I think Taya as well. But and I'm gonna see if I can find. I might. I might have to send it to you after the podcast. Even Taya, it's not fair how much scamping Johnny is scamping throughout this entire, like, and especially this new level of villainy and this like he's intense. He is serious. He is like cutting back to the match. Uh, he's Puma, not uh, serious though. He tries to you know d- tries to hold someone down for a three count. And mm-hmm. one, two, they kick up. And then, actually, it wasn't him in the ring. I think it was someone else. He does this like you're, you know, like tapping a watch. But he goes, mm-hmm. one, two, three, ref. One, two, three. And then it's over. One, two, three. It's very, yeah. very good and funny. It's very good. But it's, he's playing it with the intent, with, with like intention. And like, even if, even though he is a very silly person, because he is so dangerous and, and just cutting... We see Johnny first. Agasteca tags in Puma. Johnny tags himself in. And like immediately. And like anytime Johnny is in ring action, you remember like I wrote down, oh, this is why these two Puma and Johnny were the first major rivalry. Mm -hmm. Like this was the first storyline in Lucha Underground season one. This is why it was these two, because they're immeasurably good. And why even when Johnny like Johnny, like there's this there's this privilege, I guess, where like in the character, like he's he's he is he is pretty wealthy. I think in this character, he is very fancy. He's still coming out with the with the fur coats. So like when he does this very sort of this 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 almost like like almost privileged the way he taps the wrist and goes one, two, three referent is like he. We can all see you're being an absurd, silly person who might not be the most in touch with reality because you're so well off and in a different stratosphere. 
But just because you're not in touch with reality doesn't make you less dangerous. In some ways, it makes you even more dangerous. And like, that's like, that's the weird thing when I say like, that's the seriousness where it's like, he's goof. You're, you're an absurd person, but you're such a good wrestler that that makes you more dangerous that, that you are this absurd. You're saying that, hey, this thing's silly and like out of touch and that's what really makes it dangerous. That a lot, a lot of the uh, the court documents were saying that about the Dominator. Exactly. Uh, the difference. We're not, mm-hmm. All right, moving on. <laughs> I loved when Johnny, I believe, I... or Cage slaps the other from out of the, you know, at the in the corner, and then the ref goes, "That's a tag," and they're like, "Fuck." It's so funny. It's Johnny and Cage getting into this pushing contest. And Marty Elias goes, that's a tag. And Johnny's like, you suck. And as soon as he walks in, he just starts screaming, you stupid meathead. Oh, you're (laughs) stupid. Like, there is so not on the same page. Uh, But they're both amazing. It's wild because they're they're both, like, physically amazing. And so is the team. There are way too many good wrestlers in this match. One of my favorite spots Mm -hmm. was... Two men in a machine were outside of the ring and Ray's like pushing them out like and Ray's like, oh, looking like he's going to jump over them. But, oh, Cage was ready and they're oh, but he doesn't jump over instead from the middle of the ropes, like in between the ropes, out jumps Puma at them, launches into them. And then it seems like, oh, Ray's going to do it again. No, Dragon Azteca jumps over Ray and then yeah. slams into them again. Ray is literally putting one person over and then one person over, well, literally under him. <laughs> it's so, well, it, it is Johnny and Taya. Johnny and Taya in this match, and I anticipate for the rest of the Lucha Underground. Do you remember, have you have you seen uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation? I turned it off because boy, oh boy, those movies suck. I fucking hate that Clark Griswold. It's crazy. If the first one ended with a divorce, I'd be on board like, oh, Mm. we're a split family now and this is how we're doing Christmas. That's that's the only way that movie should have went. All right. Well, this is going to be difficult to everyone else in the world who enjoys these movies, not everyone, uh, but there is uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I think it's her husband at the time. Oh, I, th- I think they're still married. They play a very wealthy couple, and I think it's one of the great examples of just like rich, rich characters just getting shat on for comedic effect. Like they're very wealthy. They're very kind of rude neighbors. To me, that is Johnny and Taya. Johnny and Taya are Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband in Christmas Vacation. Don't watch the full movie, but I'm sure there are clips of those two just on YouTube. It's worth it. They're also in the beginning, so I I was aware of them. I forget. They are. I forget when they came in. Yeah. Okay. And then Clark's at the mall all trying to cheat on his wife. Oh, and then again also trying to cheat on his wife. And then again trying to cheat on his wife. And then the whole family sees him try to cheat on, cheat on his wife. Whoa. We applaud the man. I, yeah, I was cheating on my wife, but I did manage to take a few notes as well. What I think just one of my favorite moments too. And I think where like I got that idea for Johnny and Taya 
uh, at one point, uh, Johnny kind of like, uh, he's sitting at the bottom of the turnbuckle. He's trying, him and Taya are fighting Ray at the same time. So Johnny's sitting down. Taya runs in. Ray trips her face first into Johnny's nuts. Oh, yeah. Classic spot. It's this, it's this beautiful classic spot of like, oh, no, she tripped and fell on my nuts. But the way Johnny gets up and his seat, they ca- the camera catches it perfectly of him Face full of anger and hatred of God, Rey Mysterio. But also he has one hand on his balls because they've been hurt so many times throughout this match. There is so much nut based off. It's truly one of the that when I say like goofy, but also serious, like he's absurd, but he's still a threat. Mm -hmm. This image is everything I'm talking about. Just who I hate you. Ow, my balls. Like you can't. You can't. You can't be this silly and this dangerous at the same time. My emotions. It's very good. Towards the end of the match, we'll cut uh, we'll to the end because there's just too many things. It's so, right? There's just too many things. Yeah, when things things really kick up when there's this Marvel Ultimate Alliance combo finisher between, I believe, Puma and Dragon Azteca. Tries to hook the leg, get Johnny out, but I thought this was the end. This would have been the logical conclusion point, would have been a great match. One, I two, he kicks out, and I'm like, what the shocked. fuck? Oh, my God. And then it's just nonstop. Yeah, it was this big, it was, uh, like, Frankensteiner off the top rope 450 combo, and Johnny, and, and, th- and that's the thing they're still, they put it over on commentary, too, as silly and sort of, like, Hollywood elites kind of not in touch with reality as Johnny is, he's still an incredible athlete. He still has that fighting spirit Mm -hmm. that brought him to the temple in the first place. Like you still have to, as silly as he is, you still have to kill Johnny if you want to beat him. Yeah. Uh, Because that's just how good he is. Yeah. And then it's just one after another people in the ring, people out of the ring with this great spot. Prince Puma tries to jump on Cage, Cage catches him. Then Dragon Azteca is like, yeah, he's got to come down now. Tries to <laughs> fucking jump on him again, but Cage catches him as well. There are two men being carried by a machine, and then he just yep. takes them both down. It's beautiful, so much so that th- Cage is so strong he could dom a whole pound full of dogs. Oh gosh, this is I. You warned me it was coming. Like, in credit to you, you warned me this was coming. I still was not ready. He's just pile driving <laughs> DDT and dogs. Yeah, yeah. Stop. No, we can't have this. I refuse to have this. Insiguria dog. <laughs> I was too busy looking for this image of Johnny holding his balls to stop this conversation. Prince Puma on the top rope, Johnny position, 630 splash. After like, yeah, just a, a whirlwind of offense. I th- I, th- I forgot you were bringing back the Dominator. I'm like, oh, James is going to like kind of wrap up this match. Cool. I can grab this image. And I'm just like, oh, no, Dominators. And then Wowzers, Wowzers. This was a great match. Great match. Yeah. Drag, uh, Dragon Azteca, Prince Puma, Rey Mysterio. They're moving out of the trios. And uh, Cage and Johnny, they, 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 they might still have a few things to work out. There is a post credit scene, though. Matanza's attic bedroom slash holding cell. Dario is having a pep talk with his brother. Next week is what's sure to be your biggest match ever. The man of a thousand deaths will not be so easy to break. 
It has taken years to prepare you to embrace your destiny. But now the world can see what you do. Nothing will stand in your way, not even Mil Muertes. Dario puts his hand into the cage to beckon his brother, brother forward, who complies. You understand why you must stay in here, right? You are the most valuable thing in the world to me. And what do we do with our valuables? We lock them away, where no one can steal them. Dario begins caressing Matanza's uh, mask. No one understands the beauty of your destruction like I do, my brother. So next week, make me proud and bring death to the dead. Fucking... Got Matanzas so fired up, he starts shaking the bars of his cage with all the rage and futility because he cannot leave that Matanza can muster. As Dario grins with the lust of blood in his heart, he leaves his brother alone in his prison once again. Yeah, I do the same stuff. All my valuables I keep locked away safe and sound. That's why I wear a chastity belt, because that's where I keep my actions comic number one. Yeah, which is what you call your penis. No, that's what I call my amazing fantasy comic number one with uh, <laughs> Spider-Man on it. Oh, okay, because it shoots web? No, no, I, that's what I call the comic book. I call it instead, I call it actions number one because more people want that Spider-Man these days, I think. Oh, okay. So what do you call your penis? I call it what my be- penis, my genitalia, oh, okay. my deedle. That's that's wonderful. I mainly I, call I, it my deedle. I say, hey, Nicole, you want this deedle? And she says, stop calling it that. You know it <laughs> makes me wild. Oh my gosh. Well, I call my penis twitch.tv slash Goose Von Kaiser, where you can hang out and watch games and and we won't talk. We actually don't talk about penises all that much. Uh, this is the, my worst plug section ever. And I thank you every day. Dang, your penis has more of an identity crisis than mine. Because <laughs> sometimes it's called twitch.tv forward slash goosevk, and sometimes it's called a different thing. I changed my name once early in Twitch, uh, and now my penis is having an identity crisis. Oh, my poor penis. <laughs> Hey guys, head over to patreon.com forward slash NLM pod where for $5 a month you get exclusive content every single Friday. Yay, yay. This Friday is Nicole and I, I believe, discussing Engage on Engage with Nicolas Cage, a port of call, bad lieutenant to whatever that one's called. Very excited. Nice. Hear great things about how bad it is. So two thumbs yeah. up. Check that out. And if you're a $10 patron, you get all that weekly exclusive stuff as well as monthly bonus content. Maybe Sean's coming over to watch either Powerbomb or the Rod Father's <laughs> vehicle, whatever. That's your <laughs> fault. You br- you brought this upon yourself and said, man, I wish he was like a godfather or something. I didn't think in a good movie. I didn't think I had to clarify. I wish he was a Godfather in a good movie. This parodies can be good movies, okay? Scary movie, flawless. I do not. I do not have faith in this one, but they can be. You're right. So 
You get all that as well as shout outs on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those starting with Steve F, Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex Z, the Waz, Orion, Jordan B, the Chaos Witch, my Bickle brother in common law, Joshua, Jake, Steve Barnes, a sweet child of time and of intro void. Go listen to that music. My mother, Lil Corey's BFF and now former roommate Shane, that fed twitch.tv forward slash core winning. It's core win. And from the ROM complex as well as formulaic, a podcast and script writing, it's twitch.tv forward slash R2 Shelby too. And I've been James. I've been Sean. This has been Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling Purple Prancer Forever. Bye. Oh, yeah.